Welcome to the What's What Weekly Wrap-Up, a podcast dedicated to features exclusively from the WFUV Newsroom. I'm Maya Sargent. And I'm David Escobar. Every week on the podcast, we give you the FUV Sports Spotlight. It's where we feature stories from one-on-one, New York's longest-running call-in sports show. Here's this week's spotlight with Fordham men's basketball coach, Keith Ergo. Ryan Gregoire and Michael Calamari sat down with newly appointed head coach Keith Ergo and starting point guard Darius Quisenberry to give a summer update for Fordham men's basketball. Ergo takes over as head coach after serving as the associate head coach last season as the Rams went 16-16 and and advanced to the A-10 quarterfinals for the first time since 2007. Ergo and Quisenberry discussed the transition and preview the upcoming season. Last time we talked to both you guys, it was April. A lot's changed since then. A bit of, you know, some turnover. <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah. I was at that press conference, by the way. Um, great, great job there. So just kind of since then, you know, these last few months, both you guys walk us through what the process has been, the transition, and taking over as the head coach of Fordham. You know what? It's been a dream come true, obviously. Like I've mentioned in the past, having my father be an alum, both undergrad and, and law alum here, a number of my close friends uh, are Fordham alum and Fordham law alum. So, um, you know, and it's uh, it's a rich tradition here at Fordham, um, having the Jesuit education my entire life and, and being back at a Jesuit university. Um, it, it really is in line with, with my family values. So, you know, I, I couldn't be more thrilled. Uh, we have an unbelievable group of young men that have been working as hard as any group that I've ever been around, a testament to our staff and a testament to them. So our summer up to this point has been intense as we prepare for our foreign tour we were talking about earlier. So we've had some tremendous practices. We're a lot further ahead than I would have thought we would be, which is positive. But a lot of that has to do with our leadership and one of those guys right here in Darius Quisenberry. But uh, for me, it's uh, it's it's been a tremendous feeling. Uh, my family is beyond excited. My father calls me every single morning, pinching himself, saying, I still can't believe you're the head coach of Florida basketball. So, again, it's, it's, uh, I'm living the dream, and uh, we just got to continue to make everybody proud. And Darius, obviously for you, I'm sure there's been some transition, but how you know good and beneficial has it been to have some stability, coaching staff that you know and come back for a second year, obviously last year, a transfer for you, but now coming back for that you know, grad year, what does that mean to you and how has it been helping you build this offseason? Um, it's been great. Um, just being with somebody I can trust and Coach Ergo, that's really the only reason I came back to for them. Um, I told people that and, and things of that sort and uh, just building that relationship with that staff that I already had last year. And you don't realize how important it is to have people that you trust when you're playing on the court because that just allows you to play more free. Um, And then also just talking about the leadership and then pushing me to an extent that I don't know yet. Um, I think Ergo does a great job of that. Um, Just trying to, we just talked about this more and just more leadership and just trying to lead these young guys to when I leave, they have what the standard of the program is supposed to be. And I think Ergo's doing a great job of building that this summer. Um, he's going to be a tremendous head coach for years to come. That was WFUV Sports' Ryan Gregoire and Mike Calamari talking with Keith Ergo. Horse-drawn carriages are a New York City staple, often seen carrying tourists through Central Park. Recently, a handful of those same horses collapsed in the summer heat. Now, activists and city officials are trying to push a bill that would ban horse carriages and replace them with electric carriages. WFUV's Christina Lulich has more on what's happening to these horses and the legislation that's trying to protect them. In early August, a horse named Ryder collapsed in Hell's Kitchen and the video went viral. The next day, residents of Hell's Kitchen woke up to the sound of protesters demanding that the city protect these horses. Now, people are rethinking this practice altogether. 
And this is not just about the incident with Ryder. We've been documenting dozens and dozens of horrific things happening to these horses, horses that are being worked while sick with protruding ribs, with open wounds, horses who have arthritis and leg problems, horses that are too old to be working, horses that have untreated and undiagnosed diseases. And, you know, forcing horses into midtown traffic is is a recipe for disaster. That was the executive director of NICLAS, Adita Berncrant. NICLAS is an organization that works on different animal advocacy issues on a local, state, and federal level. While horse carriages have become commonplace in New York City, she thinks the city is long overdue for a change. We just can't continue to allow this egregious abuse that we believe is criminal animal abuse to keep happening on our streets and to actually portray that as a tourist attraction. One problem with the horse carriage industry is that many of these horses are bought for a cheap price. Then they're expected to pull a carriage for many hours a day through city traffic. It's be like buying a junker car, like a cheap junkie car and and driving it till it literally falls apart. I think that's a lot of the mentality of what's going on here because the horses are commodities. It's about squeezing every last dollar out of them. Riders collapse caused founder of the Unbridled Heroes Project, Amy Stepp, to get involved. She and her husband are both war veterans, and they founded the project at first as a wild Mustang sanctuary. Now it's a training and rescue facility that serves as rehabilitation for both people and horses. She tried to take Ryder into her sanctuary. When Step saw the other horses in the stables, she noticed that many of them were in the same condition as Ryder. So I think this is just a very easy operation. They get these old horses and they work them to death. They're all old in there. They're all old and emaciated. Even if the industry started employing younger horses, Step says horses are just not meant to be in a busy environment like Manhattan. Every single thing about the city um, is bad for them. Horses are prey animals. It's overstimulation. Um, They're not meant to be in that environment. You know, they're on hot asphalt all day, have blinders on their eyes. I mean, that's their natural instinct is to be able to see. So you're cutting everything off. That's natural to them. Given the influx of recent horse collapses, activists and city council are working to push Intro 573. It's a bill that would ban all horse carriages by 2024 and replace them with electric carriages. Horses would get a break, drivers would be a part of a union, and carriages would be able to run 365 days a year. My bill is a win-win for everyone. Manhattan is not the place for a horse, especially in the 21st century, and especially with the traffic and lack of space. That was District 30 City Council Member Robert Holden. He's fronting Intro 573. That's the bill that would ban horse carriages. He thinks the stable conditions and New York City traffic make it an environment horses shouldn't be in. Do you think that there should be circuses where we whip uh, animals to get them to stand up on their hind legs? We've obviously evolved. New York City has so many things to offer. And a nice quiet carriage ride, horseless carriage ride, through Central Park or in the city is a much better option, more humane than you know, being pulled by a horse because you happen to like that. The investigation with Ryder is ongoing, but it still leaves people to question the horse industry as a whole. According to a lot of activists and animal lovers, now might be the time to get rid of horse carriage rides altogether. I'm Christina Lulich, WFUV News. The Delacorte Theatre in Central Park has a long history of hosting reimagined Shakespeare classics for the stage, and the musical adaptation of As You Like It is no exception. 
WFUV's Megan Oftermat has more on how this show, produced by the Public Theater's Public Works program, bridges the gap between the stage and the people watching from their seats. What do you know about As You Like It? Maybe you read it in high school. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you're familiar with some of the major themes, two of which are love and likeness. As You Like It explores the idea that the people we often like are a lot like other people that we, well, like. And this production put up by the Public Theater and Public Works explores that concept in a wholly different way. It uses its primary platform, the theater, to include the community in the story, proving the point that we're all a lot more alike than we even realized. What we do is we collaborate with eight community organizations all around the city, and we build relationships with people from those organizations. That's Pablo Hernandez Basulto. He's the manager of community impact for the Public Theater's Public Works program. The organization strives to make theater more accessible for the community, and it's celebrating its 10-year anniversary of doing just that with a five-week run of Shakespeare's As You Like It in Central Park. We are aiming to be a theater of, by, and for New York City. In this case, that means literally folding New Yorkers into the production. The ensemble is made up of 120-plus New Yorkers from all five boroughs, and most of them aren't actors by trade. Also, many of them have other professions, so nurses and teachers and students and military veterans and domestic workers. And that community on stage resonates with the community off stage. Every night we ask the audience to raise their hand if they live somewhere in the five boroughs, and the majority of the audience has their hands up. That desire to make a local impact was actually influenced by the national stage. The show premiered in 2017 in response to the social division that crept into the country after the 2016 election. Basulto says those same themes still exist today. With the pandemic very much still happening, with injustice very much still happening, you know, a threat to democracy, there's still very much to say about theater as a space where we can come and still choose love. And the goal of the creative team was to do just that, to build a show that explores social unrest and highlights how we're more alike than we are different. Really, what ignites is, is amazing artists like Lori, like Shayna, who can look at Shakespeare texts from hundreds of years ago and see how it speaks about community building. He's talking about director Lori Woolery and Shayna Taub, who wrote the music and lyrics. It's funny, the title being As You Like It, and you, when you talk about likeness, there's some um, themes about community a ton there. and It speaks about what it means for us to come united as one city. And the idea of what is it like to come together and build community despite banishment. Basulto says that community building through theater can help us heal as a collective. The final song of the show is called Still I Will Love. And it speaks about in the darkest days, in the most bitter nights, still I will love and I will still choose love. On the heaviest day, on the bitterest night, still I will love, still I will love. This free Shakespeare in the Park production will conclude its run this weekend. You can catch the show tonight through Sunday, September 11th. Free tickets are distributed on the day of each performance at the Delacorte Theater in Central Park, in person at borough distribution sites, or 
through both in-person and virtual lotteries. And while this might be the end of this particular public works show, it's just the beginning for the group of people who came together to tell this story. At the end of doing a show was just the beginning of a community. You can find more information about the Public Theater, the Public Works program, and tickets to As You Like It on the Public's website, publictheater.org. With WFUV News, I'm Megan Oftermat. Running now through Sunday, September 11th at the Delacorte Theatre in Central Park. And that's it from us. But you can check out the What's What weekly wrap-up every Friday for more features exclusively from the WFUV newsroom. And make sure to check out the WFUV What's What daily podcast. It explores current events, culture news, and hot topic issues surrounding the New York metropolitan area. Including features, interviews, and music news exclusively from FUV. You can catch new episodes every weekday at 3, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, or find out more at wfuvnews.org. I'm Maya Sargent. And I'm David Escobar.